0: You're listening to the Secret Muse Society, where we pull out the things we keep hidden about ourselves. What are the secrets that actually hold us back from the connection we crave? And what happens when we tap into the inspiration we have to offer the world? I'm your host, authenticity coach, Karen Choi. Let's dive in together. Hello Muse. Welcome back. This is episode 13 and before we dive in today's topic, (laughs) I want to make a, I have a confession to share with you. It's that this is only episode 13 and I will tell you that by episode eight, I was ready to give up. Isn't that crazy? By episode eight, it was starting to feel hard to come up with ideas and to record and to keep trying to be perfect. And I i so badly wanted to give up, but I just kept pushing myself because I believe in this project. I believe in digging down and deep and uncovering the stuff that we hide about ourselves and doing that by sharing some of my little secrets with you. And I also really believe that in my dream of where I want, To take this, I don't even really know where it's going, but who I want to become through this journey. And so that's really what has kept me going. And so I'm, I'm proud that we're now here at episode 13 because I wanted to give up at episode eight. It was pretty bad. And it's part of my pattern where I'll try something and it's because it's fun and it's exciting. But when the momentum, I feel it starts to fizzle out. I, in the past, have tended to give in to that, but this time around, I'm really committed to seeing this through, so I'm really proud of myself for breaking that pattern, and I offer that to you because if you are working on something new, perhaps it's a creative project, perhaps it is working towards something in your career. You know, in the beginning, you felt all the excitement and the momentum, and now you're kind of hitting, you know, like we go through these highs and lows, these hills and valleys, and you're maybe in that valley stage. It's okay. It doesn't mean that it's time to stop. Like reconnect with your end goal, that vision, that feeling of when you have completed it or the person you are becoming because of it and hold on to that. And if that is still feeling right, then just keep going. So I just wanted to offer that encouragement to you. Today, well, actually, it is in line with what I want to talk about with you today. Because what happened around episode eight was a lot of thoughts that started coming in. All right. Tell me if these sound familiar to you. A thought that sounds like, oh, if I can't do it 100%, if I'm not all in, then I just can't do it at all. All right. That's one thought or another thought being, Oh, oh I, I can only see that this mistake or this problem or there's this flaw. I don't see anything good. Like, for example, in the podcast, I was like, Oh, I'm just, you know, the growth of the podcast isn't happening fast enough or do I sound stupid or I'm not really speaking at a level that I'd like to or maybe I'm not sharing information that is not resonating with people. Those are some thoughts that might come up with a what if no one will listen? I can't keep doing this. What if this podcast leads to nothing? All right. So that's another kind of thought. If you replace podcasts with whatever you're working on, I'm pretty sure that those types of thoughts have come up for you. Then there's another kind of thought that's like, oh, I don't know. Looking out, you know, from a year from now, maybe this project is just going to be a huge waste of time and money and energy. Like, what is it really going to give you? You know, when you look at the grand scheme of your life, is this really worth the while? You're never going to become what you want to be or you're never going to be able to make a living doing what you love. You're never going to get that gig. I can see into the future and it's just not going to happen. Have those types of thoughts? Popped up in your head before. Here's another thought that comes up as I've been creating this podcast and I'm pretty sure has come up for you. I know it's come up for recently with clients when they're in a new room with new people working on a new project and they hear people talking about them and sounds like this. Oh, they probably think you suck or oh my gosh, they probably think you're a joke or they're totally laughing at you. Or in my case, when it comes to this podcast, I'm thinking, well, oh, people are bored. They don't want to listen to this. They think you're just nonsense. You have nothing valuable to offer. You are just a narcissist for starting your own podcast in the first place. Have you ever had those types of thoughts? And then the final kinds of category of thoughts sound like this. So in this case, oh, I can't record the podcast today because the kids are home. Or I can't go for a run because I have to walk the dog and the dog doesn't run well. So I'm going to have to walk and that means it's another day that I can't go for a run. Or it's their fault that I'm not doing well. Have those types of thoughts ever come in to play? These are automatic negative thoughts. They are thoughts that come into our heads and they mess shit up. And they are, the acronym is ANTS, Automatic Negative Thoughts, A-N-T. I learned this actually through studying cognitive behavioral therapy. If you've probably heard of CBT, which is a part of coaching work, it's thought work based on the premise that our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings lead to our actions and our actions create our results. Therefore, our thoughts create our results, our thoughts become our reality. And these automatic negative thoughts were put into a children's book by a child psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Daniel Amen. And he created a story called Captain Snout and the Superpower Questions to teach kids about these types of automatic negative thinking. And I bought this book for my girls so that I could teach them about themselves in this way and so that they could start building these thought skills. And so I wanted to bring this up here on the podcast to share with you, not in the children's book way, but try to do my best to bring it into our adult lives, even though <laughs> I don't know about you, but if you have kids, are you starting to notice that our adult lives really aren't that far or separate from our children's lives? Like I often still very much think and feel like a child. So the hierarchy of parent, And child is really starting to blur for me. And by hierarchy, is very different than boundaries, right? And anyways, I'm getting off track. The ants, that's what we're talking about. The ants go marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching one by one. The little ones stopped to suck her thumb and they all went marching down to the ground to get out of the rain. And in this case, we want to eliminate all those ants from our minds. I originally was going to call this podcast, The Ants Aren't in Your Pants, They're Actually in Your Head. Think about it. When one ant enters your home, And gets into your kitchen and then soon you see two ants and then three ants, then five ants, then 10 ants, then 20 ants. And soon, soon enough, you have a corner of creepy crawly ants looking for whatever is sweet in your house. And soon you are infested with ants. Now think about how those ants might be automatic negative thoughts in your head. Your head is the kitchen. You have one automatic thought, then two which leads to three, which five to 10 to 20 to 40 to 100, right? Like they can build and compound so quickly. And before you know it, you are caught staring at all these gross ants and trying to get them out of your house and freaking out. And I've totally been in that place. And I really hope that this summer ants don't come in. But let's come back to this, is that recognizing these ants, spotting the first one first and spraying it and getting rid of it gives you your best chance at not bringing in more right? So in this episode, I want to help you recognize the ants, what happens when we fall for their lies, like when we start letting them infest our kitchen, and then how to spray them away, how to get rid of them. Okay, so the first ant is the all-or-nothing ant. Did I tell you that we're going to do five ants? All right, five ants, the first one. The all-or-nothing ant is the ant that says, oh if I'm not in it 100%, I can't be in it at all, right? Like if I can't run for a whole hour today and have like my best time and feel so amazing about it, I can't have a run at all. It's just, it won't be worth it. Or if you can't have a salad five days in a row for lunchtime, then that means there's no point at all. And you should just sabotage all of the eating intentions that you had for yourself. Or, oh, here's a good one. If you can't commit 100% to writing in your journal every day for three pages, then there's no point in even doing one day at all. You see how this all or nothing automatic thinking takes us away from anything? Like, for example, I went for a run today and... I didn't have a full hour, like I actually really wanted to go to the beach to go for a long two hour walk. I didn't have two hours to work with, right, but I did have half an hour if I said and and I went out for the half an hour and it was glorious. but if I said it's two hour, two hours or nothing, then I wouldn't have even had that half an hour that felt amazing, so what kind of all or nothing thinking is stopping you from even doing something one of the sayings that Yusik and I play with, which I really love is I'll ask him, hey, are you winning? And he'll respond back saying, I'm not losing. And it kind of counters the whole all or nothing thinking because it's like, ah, do you have to be winning? Like, do you have to be whatever you think is winning? Or do you just need to have something, right? If you have something, that means you're not losing. So that something is enough. The all or nothing ant puts us on extremes and it limits our perspective. And it cuts our sights from any solutions or new ideas to problems. It puts us in a really negative headspace where it's either black or white, this or that, good or bad, successful or complete failure. And by splitting your views this way, it really, it can sabotage you in the way that it stops you from even taking any action. So how can we spray this? all or nothing ant, because I know it comes up for a lot of us, is number one, acknowledge your feelings from these thoughts, right? Like, oh, I'll never get this done if I can't give it 100%. And how would that feel? You'd feel kind of defeated, maybe angry, frustrated. You got to acknowledge those thoughts. And then you also have to really recognize your strengths, right? Like, well, I'm trying at least. I'm putting in this much effort. I'm putting in this much time. And you also have to really acknowledge that setbacks happen in fighting these all-or-nothing ants. It's like, well, this is reality. You can't go for your two-hour walk along the beach because you've only got 30 minutes. And it actually isn't really a setback. It just means you have less time of a run. Is it really holding you back? So, like, finding the positive in the situation. At least you're going out and enjoying some sunshine and getting that exercise in. It's good enough. It's better than nothing. (laughs) Another way to fight these all or nothing ants to spray them is don't stay focused on those faults or weaknesses for too long, right? Don't acknowledge those limits for too long. They're just not useful to you. The, oh, the never, the nothing, the no one. And don't dwell on those self-defeating thoughts because when we dwell on them, we just invite more ants. Send those ants packing. Spray those away. When you hear someone talking like grand generalizations and absolutes, you do that all the time, or you're always late, or you're never going to get there, or no one believes in you, or nothing here makes sense. Those automatic all or nothing kind of thoughts are just going to grow and grow and grow. And you won't even be able to make that first step. So I hope that helps. You, when you hear those all or nothing ants. The next ant is a very familiar ant and it's the pessimistic ant, the negatron ant, I like to call it, or the worst ever. They can't see anything good. So they're only seeing mistakes and problems and flaws. In my case, we'll use the podcast, for example, the pessimistic ant is saying, where is this going really? You're not really that good at this. I can only see your mistakes in your podcast. I can see that you're not like telling really compelling stories or, you know, you're not even using the right words or talking about the right things even that people want to hear. Look at your stats. Are you even getting the measured success markers that you set? Maybe this is not even a good idea. This is the worst ever. Or you're terrible at this. This is bad. Like, this isn't just going to work. Do you hear how the, the pessimistic ant is not great, especially when it comes to exploring new ideas? Pessimistic ant often gets into the kitchens of risk managers and problem solvers because the paradox there is that risk managers and problem solvers are really good at risk management and solving problems from that extreme And then when that muscle is overused, they get, you get stuck in managing risk and looking for all the bad things that are going to happen or the inefficiencies or the problems. And if you get focused there, you just get stuck, right? In those automatic negative thoughts and those ants start infesting your kitchen. So what can you do when the pessimistic ant starts taking over? Well, (laughs) This is kind of a backwards way, but you can go to the worst case scenario thinking to prove that aunt wrong, right? Like, hey, aunt, you think that that is a bad scenario? What about this? And when you start realizing that, like, you're not even at the absolute worst case scenario, maybe where you're at is not so bad. It's kind of the, are you winning? Well, I'm not losing. (laughs) Our third aunt is the fortune teller ant, And the fortune teller ant thinks it can see what is going to happen in the future. And it's a real doomsayer. It's telling you that whatever you're working on is never going to work. I don't see a future for you in this. You're never going to make any money. You're never going to make a living doing what you love. You're never going to get that gig. You're never going to get that promotion. No matter how hard you try, you're never going to run that race. You're never going to fit into those jeans. You're never, 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 never. You're just not, I just don't see it in your future. That's what the fortune teller ant sounds like. And how motivating is that? Not much, hey? And so how are you going to prove that ant wrong? How are you going to spray that out of your kitchen? Well, you can point out to that fortune teller ant what is already going well, the progress you've already made, the money you're already making. The fact that you're already doing things that you love. The fact that you might not get this gig, but you might get another gig. You're going to point out to that aunt what is going well right now in this moment. Right here, right now. That song just came to my head. Now, our fourth aunt is our mind reader aunt. Our mind reader aunt is exactly... What it sounds like. It thinks it knows what other people think and feel without being told. Like how many of you got, remember back in grade school, or maybe it still happens, I don't know. When you get asked the question, if you could choose any superpower in all the world, what would you choose? How many of you chose mind reader? Oh my gosh. I think at one point I chose mind reader as a kid, but now as an adult, I have no interest in knowing what's going on in other people's minds because it's probably just as messy as mine. And not making sense. It's, it's already tiring enough to choose my thoughts. I don't want to be hearing and trying to choose other people's thoughts. So sorry, I got a little off track, but there is that mind reader ant. When we think that other, we think we know what other people are thinking. How audacious is that? It's totally not true. You think that they think you suck. Ooh, they think that you're, you're a joke or they think that they're laughing at you. They think that they know what's better for you. And how does that get you revved up? And you start thinking, well, That's not true and you want to perhaps prove them wrong or you want to argue with them or, but you're actually arguing with yourself because if you never got asked, if they never actually told you, is it really true? Did you hear that from their mouth? That's how you stop the mind reader ant. Is it true? Did, is that what they told you? Are those their, your, their exact words? Squash that mind reader ant. Number one, other people's thoughts are not your business. Okay? (laughs) If you are not your thoughts, you are definitely not other people's thoughts. So squash that mind reader ant. The final ant is the fifth ant, and it is the blaming ant. The blaming ant is when things are going wrong, or perhaps they're not going the way you want it to go, (laughs) the blaming ant comes out. Oh, you know, blaming on external circumstances. Oh, he did it. It's her fault. It's not my fault. If that didn't happen, then I wouldn't be here. Or if this did happen, then I would. How often does the blaming ant come out? And this ant prevents us from admitting our own mistakes and owning up to them so that we can get to a point where we're actually learning from them and learning how to fix them and making them right. The blaming ant wants you to be a victim. And so how do we squash that blaming ant? Well, Yusick, he likes to use this term to teach our kids is whenever you're pointing your finger at someone else, notice how many fingers are pointing back at you. Like do that. When you put that pointing, make that pointing gesture. When you point at somebody else, how many fingers are pointing back at you? Four. So you got to look at yourself first. So number one, the blaming ant. How do we squash that blaming ant? When you see that you're part of the problem, you get to become part of the solution. So you get to ask, is it true that it is everybody else's fault? Well, what is my responsibility here, right? That's how you squash the ant. You become part of the solution when you own the problem. And you have the power to make it better. So empower yourself. Get rid of that blaming ant. We have the power to choose different thoughts. Again, I'll repeat that model for you, where in any circumstance, the circumstance is neutral. Our thoughts are our reactions and our responses to that circumstance. So from that thought, it creates our feeling. From our feeling, it moves us into action. And from that action, it creates our result. So whatever you think will give you your result. If you are thinking something negative, you will get a negative result. So how do you flip that? First, got to start noticing when those negative ants are popping up. Okay, let's go back. Here is a summary of our automatic negative thoughts, those ants. Let's keep these guys out of the kitchen. We've got the all-or-nothing ant, the pessimist ant, the fortune teller ant, the mind reader ant, and the blaming ant. And they all go marching down to the ground to get out of the rain. Spray them, my friends. Let me know when you start noticing these ants. That's what all you got to do first. And I would love to hear from you. Send me a DM through Instagram. I am at karenchoy.co.co. And tell me, what is the ant that you keep noticing? Because maybe you have the same ant popping up. And that will be a really interesting thing to notice and start changing for yourself when we start noticing them, then we can replace it with a different thought and that will lead to a different result. And that is the power of self-awareness. That's it, my friends. I hope you've got your spray bottle to get those ants. and I'll talk to you again next time. Thank you for listening to The Secret Muse Society. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts to rate and review this podcast so other modern muses like you can find us too. I invite you to continue the conversation and connect with me on Instagram at KarenChoy.co. Join me next week for more secrets inspired by you. I'm Karen Choi. Until next time, stay gold.